Hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had the chance to chat with Erica Tam over Zoom video. You may recognize Erica from the Nickelodeon show called Make It Pop which was a music comedy that was on Nickelodeon, like I just said. <laughs> but we talk about how she got into music. She has a very interesting upbringing where she lived in, I think, seven different countries before she turned 17. Her dad was a businessman and they were moving all around. Uh, they were living in Thailand when she scored the role on the show Make It Pop. So she talked to us about going out to New York originally. That's where she got her agent, which landed her to the show. And they were shooting the show in Canada. So that's the, the first time she was really in a studio. They would record the songs for Make It Pop, shoot music videos. So she was kind of immersed in that aspect of the music industry early, early on. She moved to LA at 17 and she finished up school and decided she wants to pursue a career in music. So she self-taught herself how to play piano. She started writing songs that way. And she ended up landing herself in a writing session and totally knocked it out of the park, wrote, wrote a song, wrote the lyrics to a song that the artist ended up wanting to use. And that's how she started her relationship with Brian Kennedy, who is a massive Grammy Award winning producer. He was running the, the session that she was in and they worked together ever since. Erica told us all about writing her debut EP. She's released two songs off of it so far, Admit It and Shh. Shh is the song title. She tells us the story of renting an Airbnb in Atlanta and working on the record. And we hear all about the new music she has coming out as well. You can watch our interview with Erica on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at bringing it backwards. It would be awesome. If you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at bringing back pod. And if you're listening to this on either Spotify or Apple music, we'd love it. If you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five star review, it'd mean everything to us. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Erica Tam. This is about you and your journey in, in music. I know you've, you're an actress, but I want to talk about your music. Yeah, awesome. I'd love to. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, first off, why don't you tell me where you were born and raised? Um, I was born in Singapore. Um, my parents were living in Indonesia at the time, but my mom gave birth to me in Singapore kind of just by chance. Wow. Um, yeah. And I spent about maybe six months there and then um, moved around a lot in Asia uh, before I ended up in LA, which is my America's my eighth country. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> that's a lot of moving around. So how, what do you remember from, you know, your childhood? How actually real quick, how old were you when you landed in LA? Um, I was, I think I was just turning 17 because my birthday's in December and we moved here during like Christmas time. Oh, okay. So you, you lived majority of the time, not in Los Angeles. It sounds like. I feel like the majority of my childhood was in China and Thailand and then wow. a little bit in Toronto when I started working, but yeah, Asia still feels like home. That's awesome. That is awesome. What did, if you don't mind me asking, what did your parents do that you're moving around so much? Um, my dad's just a businessman. So oh. he'd be like in different parts of Southeast Asia, you know, doing cool. his thing. Doing his thing. That's cool. <laughs> that is cool. And how did you get into music? Were you always singing or interested? Yeah, I always loved um, performing and acting and music for as long as I can remember. Um, I did like every single 
school play that I could. Um, and I think my parents like noticed that in me and like sent me to a performing arts camp in New York for two summers. Wow. Through that, I kind of just found a manager in LA who started submitting me through self tapes. And I had no idea what that even was, but the second one I ever sent in um, was for a Nickelodeon show that I ended up booking and starring on. And that sort of took me out of Thailand for like half the year Mm -hmm. for like three years. Um, And so I was back and forth uh, just doing school in Thailand and then filming in Toronto um, when I was like 14. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. That you musical comedy. So I kind of like, that was my foray into like, right. Cause you're, it was a music, yeah, it was a music show, right. Essentially (laughs) um, you were in like in a K-pop band or from what I was reading about it. Yeah. I kind of describe it as like Zoe 101 meets Glee. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, there's like solo. soundtracks and stuff, right? I mean, you guys, yeah, for sure. I yeah. Mean, we like in the studio making albums. That's I so think, rad. Yeah. We did like, I think um, each episode had two songs in it. So we were doing like multiple music videos a week, always back and forth between set and the studio and dance rehearsal. And that was my first sort of taste of like, doing it professionally. And Mm -hmm. I think I came out of that show really being like, okay, I loved the music aspect of that. Maybe I need to start thinking about, you know, Mm -hmm. if it's music that I really want to do and how to go about pursuing that. Sure. Well, what's interesting is you, you said you're going to New York to, to do go to like an acting camp. Is that what it was or an acting? Yeah, essentially it was like a musical theater camp. Oh, it was musical theater. Okay. Yeah. So I was, I guess my question would be like, how did they know you could sing when they cast you for the show? Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you were traveling what back? So you must've been pretty young when you were going from Thailand to New York and back. Um, well, we filmed in Toronto. So, but I mean, prior to scoring the agent and getting that gig, oh, if you go yeah. back even further. Sure. I mean, I think I've just, always traveled a lot uh, growing up, just, mm-hmm. I don't know, in the nature of like my parents moving a lot and me moving a lot. Um, so that didn't seem abnormal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you going to like school and in, in, you said you were going to school in Thailand, but once you booked the gig, were you still attending school there? Right. So first season I was, and I was, you know, dealing with like time difference and trying to communicate with my teachers back in Asia Mm -hmm. whilst being on set and having like 15, 30 minute increments to tutor. Um, And it was kind of, it was fine. I flew back and wrote my IGCSEs. And then once we got into second season, I started doing school online. Okay. I was going to, I was wondering if you, if obviously the kids that you grew up with at your school, they probably knew you're on the show. And did that, did they get, did you get treated any different at that point? Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember this is super unprofessional, but I remember coming back to school and my, one of my teachers like putting the show up on like the big smart board in front of everyone during class. And I was mortified. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just trying to learn my stuff. Like don't out me like this. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm surprised that teacher didn't get fired. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So at that point you're, you're on blast, right? Everyone's like, Oh, you're on the show. And then are, are people trying to befriend you? Are they hating on you? I mean, I would think cause kids are mean, right? Right. I mean, honestly, I think kids were meaner before the show. I didn't have oh, okay. the greatest high school experience. Um, but when I came back after filming, I remember it was like prom and 
because I went to a British school. So we celebrated prom for like the last three years in my school Mm -hmm. um, instead of just the last year. But I remember coming back after filming and all these boys that used to be so mean to me started being like, like, do you want to be my prom date? But like, you (laughs) of us on Instagram, I'm like, corny, tomato, tomato, throwing tomato. (laughs) Wait, what? They they said you all take. I want to go to prom with you. And will you follow me on Instagram? No, like if you post a photo of us on Instagram. Oh, <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> because you had, a, you had gained a following on Instagram. I'm, I'm taking right. it at this point. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty, that's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I haven't, I've yet to hear that one. I've done a thousand <laughs> plus of these interviews. I've never heard anyone say, really? yeah, we'll go to, we'll go to prom, but you have to post a picture of me on your Instagram feed. I'm like, you think I want to go to prom with you that bad? It's not a flex. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Why is this a barter system? Right. You mean, what people all... say that like kids are mean. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I never heard that. Like, even the, the Instagram thing was never just that kids were mean, right? You go back and kids are mean or judgmental or adults, they're jealous. Or adults. And be, especially because <laughs> if you come back with a, because, you know, an Instagram following, even obviously to this day, is, it means a lot, right? And if, especially to kids that are addicted to TikTok and Instagram, the fact that if you came back and you have this huge following, kids are going to be like, oh, like either she doesn't deserve that or like I want her to post about me so that I can gain. Uh, X amount of followers as well. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. That's so, but did you end up going to prom? I'm curious now. I went by myself. <laughs> really? That's, yeah. but yeah, well, I guess you didn't have to post a picture of anybody on your Instagram. Yeah, that's just, I don't know. I don't think that's cute. I wouldn't want to mm-hmm. go with someone like, like that. Yeah, that's weird. Um, well, okay. So tell me about going to shoot the show because it all actually, you know, falls in line with your your music career in the sense that you were going into a studio and, and singing, you know, records and you're shooting music videos. Like, what was that like? Was it overwhelming? Yeah. I mean, we, it was definitely a super work intensive um, set and environment and show. Um, I, uh, I think I was really thrown into it and there was a, like a, a steep learning curve, but um, I'm super grateful for that because I think now it's given me, this like really strong work ethic and desire to just like put in the time. Um, and I love like producing a product. I love working and being in the studio. Um, so I credit my, I guess, child acting to that mentality. Was it nerve wracking being in the studio for the first time? Like hearing yourself, like singing on a mic and everything. Sure. I mean, I was like a 14 year old girl from Thailand in Toronto filming this Nickelodeon show and all I'd ever seen growing up were these stars that I looked up to on Disney and Nick and I it just felt so surreal and I felt so out of place but it was cool I like putting myself in uncomfortable situations and learning how to cope (laughs) for sure for sure and from from there you did what how many seasons two or three you said did two seasons and then we did like a little tv movie special type thing Okay. Would you have to, did they like tour the, the records around or anything? Um, no, we didn't tour. Uh, we did like a couple live shows um, just in and around like America. And what was that like? Canada. It was cool. It was super cool. I mean, I think when you're a kid, like it's just when you're that young, it's all so exciting and just mm-hmm. feels like a world of possibility. And it was, a. I call it like my boot camp, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
from that show from my experience when you moved to la at 17 was the show wrapped at that point or were you yeah, still working we on it wrapped. um we just wrapped and i had just gotten my visa my work visa to move to oh yeah okay so then you get to la and is it do you try to you know are you trying to get into the the songwriting singer world or is it like the acting thing is obviously doing well like let's go that route like how do you manage yeah um for the first year that i lived in la i put a lot of my focus into just finishing up school um mm, okay. i was still auditioning back and forth still doing acting work um and then i think i reached a point where i was like okay i'm a 17 year old like mixed race little asian girl and I'm kind of at the will of what roles are written for me, you know, and there, there wasn't much at the time that I felt connected to. And it was, it's already so hard to book an acting job, let alone find one that you really connect with and, you know, subject matter that you really are passionate about. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what pushed me into leaning into the music. Um, I'd always loved to sing, but I never really like pursued it as a career until I taught myself how to play the piano and learned how to songwrite. And I did that for like probably six to nine months just by myself on the piano writing as much as I could. It's all I wanted to do. I would literally like leave hangouts with my friends early because I would want to go back home to the piano and just write. Um, And then somehow I found myself in this studio session with um brian kennedy who's this incredible i mean multi-grammy award-winning producer and uh i was there as a writer writing for another artist and i was peeing my pants had never been in a professional setting as a writer like that Mm -hmm. um and ended up writing a song for the artist in like 30 minutes um she loved it she wanted to make it her next single and then Brian pulled me aside afterwards and was like, you're really dope. Like, I want to bring you in to write for other artists that I work with. And that was the first time I sort of was like, oh shit, am I actually good? Like, can I actually do this? Right. Um, What a validating moment. For sure. Especially from someone like that, who I just, oh yeah. So much, you know, Um, he's grown to sort of be like a big brother to me and we're working together now on my project, which feels super full circle. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I got my foot into the music world as opposed mm-hmm. to like the music acting world. Um, and sure. really just started going to as many sessions as I could as a songwriter for other artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so you started on the piano. Was it just like, okay, I want to learn piano because I like the sound of the piano, or it's just like a beautiful instrument. And then you just started from there writing songs, or was it, I want to use this yeah. piano as a tool to write? Cause you right. just had an. I think I viewed it as a vehicle to facilitate my songwriting. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I really, it's, I was very self-taught, like all by ear. I can't read music. You know what I mean? And it was, mm-hmm. I just wanted to be able to play enough to like write the songs that I had in my head and get them down and out, you know? Yeah. How did you land that first? Or how did you land those early songwriting sessions? Was it just 
honestly, eager and <laughs> I had a, I had a friend who is a singer and we were hanging out one day and she goes I can can I say shit because I feel like yeah I'm, oh yeah you can no, say whatever you want sorry. <laughs> no <laughs> you never know I should ask my publicist before I start these things anyways um I uh we were hanging out and she was like oh shit I have a session in 15 minutes that I totally forgot about I know you like kind of write like do you want to just come and Cause I don't, I feel bad dishing you. Like just come to the session. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And when you go to the session, was this the one that you uh, got to write the song that ended up landing and all that? Or was this a, just a totally different session? Yeah. This was the one at Brian's. It was ever, like professional songwriting session. Oh, wow. Yeah. What, did, like going in just cause I'm not a songwriter and people listening might you're just curious. Like, when you go into that setting, like how, how does it all kind of work? Do you just sit down and everyone's like, okay, like, and you're like, Hey, I'm the here to write the song or like, right. tell me like, how, what's the interaction in the room? Like, how does um, that all work? I think every artist is different. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely approach things differently than like other people that I've written for, or, you know, been in the studio with that particular session kind of started with um, uh, the artist talking about like, what type of sound she wanted to go for. And then Brian, the genius that he is like just freestyled this entire incredible piano production threw in some drums, threw in some like, I don't know, hi-hats, whatever. And uh, I just wrote over that sort of like top line. Oh, so you were writing the lyrics? Yeah, the lyrics and the melody. Wow. And obviously you knocked it out of the park or he wouldn't have invited you back. I mean, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so then you just started working with him and, and writing for other artists at that point? Yeah, for sure. It was kind of just like, um, you know, come through. I want you to like come to this session, whatever, quite casually. Um, and then that's sort of how I started to meet people and get meetings once people mm-hmm. were like, oh, like you've been writing with Brian, like let's talk. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then through that, I sort of was able to put together my team and start working on my project as an artist. Yeah. When did you start? Um, when did you decide, like, I want to do this and be an artist myself, like I'm, right. uh, instead of writing for other people? Um, I think that was always my end goal. Okay. Um, but I just hadn't figured out how to facilitate it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't really know how to put the pieces together and like what steps I actually had to take. And then COVID happened and um, I was dating someone who was like from England. So I ended up being in Europe for almost all of quarantine. Oh, wow. And while I was there, was never in the studio, like wasn't really working. I kind of, you know, would rarely have access to piano. And when I did would write as much as I could. But I think that taking that away from me, made me have this like burning desire when I got back to the States and I just called up my now manager and I was like, hi, can we grab coffee tomorrow? Like, I want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And from then on, I just was in the studio like every day. Wow. Were you able to write at all when you're, I mean, you weren't in the studio setting, but you were writing songs prior to COVID and then you're stuck. And are you inspired at all are you writing any of the songs that you are you've got a couple out now but are you writing anything that you ended up recording after the fact um yeah I mean uh while I was in Europe I didn't I wasn't able to write much but okay. um, 
I, on my way back to the States, had to quarantine in Canada for two weeks. So I ordered like a, just a little keyboard on Amazon to the place that I was quarantining in and spent all those two weeks writing. Um, wow. And there's definitely things that uh, might be on like a future project, but what I'm releasing now, um, it's a three song EP that I wrote entirely all in one week in an Airbnb in Atlanta with my friends. Wow. Um, and that was at maybe the like early last year. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, real quick on the quarantine in Canada, were you in one of those, like they had like, I don't know if they still are doing this, but at the time I remember people were talking about, you had to stay in like this hotel that the government kind of ran and they like forced you in right. there. Luckily and, like, not. I, okay. That sounds so <laughs> terrifying. That sounds like a literal horror movie. I talked to an artist that had to do that. They played the States. That was from Canada and they had to go back to, they wanted to go back to Canada and they were like forced into quarantining in this like government run hotel and you weren't allowed to leave. They show up and like (laughs) put the food by your door and you had to like open the door quickly and grab it. just sounded like a total like nightmare. Yeah. So I'm glad you didn't have that experience. I'm so glad I didn't have to do that. Yeah. It was a, I just ended up like renting an apartment. um, Oh, there you go. Quarantine and yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you didn't have to deal with that because I was like, I know, Whoa. right? <laughs> Yikes. Um, so then you go to Atlanta. What takes you to Atlanta and this Airbnb and was the purpose of going there to write, which what yeah, became this so, record? Um, I had been writing a lot with my friend, Major Maja in LA in like January. Mm-hmm. And we made like some of my favorite songs I've ever done together. Those will definitely be coming out. And I'm so excited about them. Um, Amazing. But uh we i mean i think have great like artistic chemistry so he uh he's in this group um under atlantic called ghost and one of his like group members is named dion gill and he was like i think we should like bring dion into this i think it would be a really really good fit um i'm like okay cool like let's do it in atlanta so i booked an airbnb in atlanta and we just locked in for that whole week made music while we were making breakfast, you know, like by the couch um, and just really approached it as from day one, like creating a body of work that lived in its own sonic world. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember like the first day there, we went to Walmart and bought a whiteboard and just treated these songs as like their own little movie and wrote down like what the weather would be like and the colors and the moods and like other characters that might live in this world and wow. then wrote out a timeline for a movie um based on like the tracks that Dion had made sort of like okay this is like the heist this is like the celebration this is like the heartbreak moment you know and it was so cool I'd never approached making music that way. But I think the result was this very cohesive, unique sounding EP. And that's why I've sort of packaged all of those songs together and wanted to start with that and sort of like use that as my foot forward. And my intro. Oh, wow. I've never heard anybody talk about writing a song like that. Yeah. I mean, I'd never done it before either. It was super <laughs> cool. And now I'm like, damn, I can't approach it any other way because it's just so detail oriented which is that how you're writing now i bet that's got to be a great tool i think um 
I think, uh, I think that's a great approach when you're working on a project, like a body of work that's its own thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm sort of just writing to write singles and like get as much out of myself as I can. Um, But, you know, when it comes to making my debut album, I think I'm going to take a similar approach. That's amazing. That's amazing. You've released two songs from the EP, correct? So far? Mm -hmm. Okay. What was it like? putting out admit it was the first one yes what was it like putting out a song of your own as your artist project you know here's your your debut what was that like um honestly a little bit nerve-wracking super surreal um i you know i grew up as a child actor on like disney and nickelodeon so even though i've been putting out work and music and you know stuff like that i had never had any creative control over any of the projects that I'd been a part of. So mm-hmm. my music is the first thing that is hundred percent me. I have control and say over everything. I'm involved in every single part of the project and to see people have like a positive reaction to that, especially knowing me from my acting work was so like just the best feeling, you know, mm-hmm. really, really validating and really, really nice to see. That is so cool. Did you have, did you have a fear of people judging you thinking like, Oh, she's just an actress from Nickelodeon show that thinks she's the singer now. Like, did you, obviously you weren't and you sang on the show, so who cares? But, um, I was just curious, like if you had any of that, like fear or any of that on your shoulders, as far as when you put the song out. Uh, yeah. I mean, I try not to fear what other people think of me and Mm -hmm. I, I try not to like, meet outside expectations of myself especially from people that you know don't necessarily know me personally I think I put in so much work into you know my music and my craft if you will that it was kind of this feeling of like okay even if you hate it like I'm proud of what I made like I know the work that went into this and I'm just glad that like I get to put it out you know that's that's a great answer. I love that outlook. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, and then I love the acoustic version you did also of Admit It. Thank you. I think yeah, it's rad when so artists cool. do that. Tell me about that real quick. Um, yeah. I mean, we wrote the song to the track. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, coming from this like s- songwriter piano background, um, I I just recognize how beautiful and honest that song is lyrically and kind of wanted to show that in a new light and really um give those melodies and those lyrics a different setting so that they had their chance to like shine through and Mm -hmm. um so i was really set on like doing a piano version of it and then brian so generously generously wow sorry i can't speak (laughs) so generously offered to do the um accompaniment on the live version and just absolutely killed it i think he i mean when he heard when he like played me what he was gonna do underneath the um, music like one of my managers literally started crying we were like you are a musical genius i love it and yeah it was such an honor to sing over such a beautiful accompaniment like that yeah i love that version i mean both of them are awesome but i really there's something to be said about a song that can be stripped back like that and have it be that impactful. I mean, seeing your manager like 
teared up on hearing it. Like that's huge. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think I agree. I think the mark of a well-written song is like, if you can put it on the piano and it still sounds good and you know, you can give it its own life. I totally agree with that. I totally agree. And the most recent one is shh. Yes. Tell me about it. Um, So that one we made uh, after admit it again, Mm -hmm. same week, same Airbnb in Atlanta. Um, And honestly, so Dion had made, I, we delved into this sonic world, you know, with this whole whiteboard and everything. Mm -hmm. And after that, Dion got to work on like building the tracks. I was very set on wanting to include like, traditional Asian instrumentation into them, but frame them in this like modern pop R&B setting and structure. And then write obviously my very feminine, you know, pop lyrics over them. Um, And I love, I was obsessed with the like idea of that juxtaposition. So he, I explained that to him, woke up the next morning and he had done like eight tracks and I was like, oh my God, I love them all. Like, can we use all of them? And um, on one of the days he just had the track for Shush playing in the background as we were in one of the rooms just talking and, you know, we're friends. So I'm just telling them like, you know, when someone is so cute until they start talking and they just ruin it for themselves. And you're like, damn, you were doing so good. Like you had me and you ruined it. Um, and then we just started laughing and talking about like times that had happened to us. And while that was going on, I can't remember who did it, but someone just went over the beat, like (laughs) in the exact time that it's in now. And I go, oh my gosh, that's it. Like, that's what we're going to write about. That's the hook. Like, let's go. And then we started just having fun with the lyrics. I mean, it's a very tongue in cheek Uh song. When I was writing the verses, I wanted to kind of pay homage to like, your sassy, unapologetic '90s pop star. Um, there's a lyric in there that says, "Like your daddy's black card don't impress me much," and that's a kind of like play on Shania Twain's "That Don't Impress Me Much." Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it was just so much fun. Uh, we it happened super fast, and we just had a good time, like laughing, writing the lyrics. That's so funny. That's such a great concept for a song. Thanks. <laughs> and um, you said there's three on the record. Obviously, the third one hasn't came out yet. Yes. The third one, I think, is my favorite. Um, it's kind of what uh, I think set into motion the tone of the project. Um, oh. We, Major and I wrote it um, and we were like, oh, this is dope. Like, this is really, really cool. I like this direction let's kind of go forward with this. Um, it's probably the most upbeat of the three. Um, and yeah, definitely my favorite. Was it the last song you wrote of the three? No, it was actually, it was the first. The first song you wrote. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it went that one. Then what was the second song? Admit it. Admit it. And then, and then shush. Okay. Well, I like the, I mean, like I said, I like the first two, so I can't wait to hear the third and I'm sure you can't talk a whole lot about it, but <laughs> You know, it's funny. People always say like, oh, I can't say anything. 
no one's really told me like, don't say this. Oh, then let's hear well, about the song. I mean, <laughs> um, I'm not going to get you in trouble. I promise. Well, thank you. I, appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, I mean, I don't want to give away too much, obviously. Like I want it. Right. But I'm curious it. now because it's all part of this project with this whiteboard. And now I need right. to know how the story um, started. Uh, here, what should I say? <laughs> like, how do I sell myself? How do I get people to stream this shit? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um, it's again leans into that whole like juxtaposition thing that I really really like. It's a very hard like drill inspired beat, um, and I wanted to just like put a really feminine like almost sensual like immersive type vocal and melody over that. Um, and like explore what that would sound like if you were almost like singing rap lyrics, you know, like mm -hmm. what does it sound like to sing bars? That might sound corny, but I think we pulled it off. Um, and it feels super authentic to like me as a person and as an artist. Um, I kind of describe it as like, you know, I love artists like Future, for example, who mm -hmm when you listen to them, you just feel so cool and it's so immersive and like hard and dark. And I don't really think there's a female counterpart to that, you know? Um, I, so that's kind of the feeling that I wanted to incite when you listen to this song. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously I'm not singing about like trapping in the bando. <laughs> it's a lyric <laughs> that like are authentic to a 22 year old girl. Um, right. But yeah, I think it incites that like cool feeling in you. And I just wanted to give girls a way to feel that from a girl. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? No, it totally does. Yeah. And that's, and that's what's going to kick off the EP when you put out the full EP. Um, well, the EP, I mean, I guess that would round it out. Round it out because it'll the be the last song. I didn't know if you were going to push it as I like, I think a we're going to repackage it as an EP with the um, live version included in there as well. Oh, rad. Extra. Yeah. That is cool. What about plans to do any, like you said, you did a couple shows with the television show, but playing, I mean, obviously you can sing really well in live, sing live, I mean, with the admitted acoustic version. So is this something you're going to take on, on the road or do some shows at least around LA or? Yeah. I mean, I uh, recently um, sort of put together what my live show would be uh, rehearsed with dancers and like um, a band and put all of the songs on this EP to a live band, um, which gave them a whole new life. Um, mm -hmm. And we shot a really cool like live performance video of that, uh, which we're working on right now. And I hope I'll get to put out soon. Awesome. Um, but I think that would be essentially the show that we put on. Um, it's been a little tricky just with like restrictions and everything being so mm -hmm. uh, not stable. Um, but yeah, shows are still getting canceled in LA. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to like make promises that I can't follow through on. Yeah. That um, makes total sense. But I love performing. I think that's one of my favorite aspects of the whole job. So as soon as the opportunity is there, I will be there. Amazing. Well, I'm in Nashville now. I'm originally from San Diego, so I know LA oh, quite no well. Yeah, but my I've we moved to Nashville about a year, almost a year ago. Um, and we love it here, but 
you should come here and play. I'd love to see your I'm show. I'm determined to write a country song. I was actually talking about it with Brian because um, he goes to Nashville a lot and has won uh-huh. Grammys for country music too. And I grew up listening to country music. Like really? Carrie Underwood was my favorite artist growing up because I, my dad gave me his iPod when I was living in Beijing to listen to music on like uh-huh. the bus to school. And all that was on there was like Elton John, Eric Clapton, um, Carrie Underwood. And so that's like the music that I grew up listening to. I think I listened to, what's the album called? Like Some Hearts. Like, yeah. I wrote on the... repeat for a year. <laughs> Is that so the one that on has my, the... on my list, write a country song? Oh, that's right. Well, I was going to say not moving to Nashville. I thought I was like, oh, this is just a country town. But really, it's it's there's so many like pop. uh, There's so many different genres of music and producers here. I was really shocked. That's awesome. So you should come write a song here, too. That'd be cool. I would love to (laughs) come with Brian next time he makes a trip to Nashville. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Erica, for doing this. I really, really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I have one more quick question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Um, oof. Uh, learn how to have a flexible sleep schedule. I, that's very obscure, but um, I'd always been such a morning person. I just naturally fall into like waking up at like 6 37 in the morning and that is not conducive to the artist lifestyle i really had to take a huge like segue into figuring out how to last through sessions that last till like 4 35 in the morning um so yeah if you're a morning person <laughs> switch over 